you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Wish police radio, radio. Wish police radio, radio. Wish police radio, radio. Wish police radio. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. One of the things I've been trying to do lately is, is branch out in terms of um, who I'm having on the podcast. Hey, well, at least a few times every year, I, I, I post something saying like, who should I have on the show? Who, who wants to be on the show? Who are you all listening to that, 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 that should be on the podcast? And I really get some interesting suggestions uh, from artists themselves and from from listeners who, who just have you know people they want to introduce me to and, and want to hear more about. So this interview, I think, uh, came up around the same time I was uh, putting the word out there asking for who I, who would I would want to hear on the podcast? And so you reached out, we got in touch. Um, uh, it's very cool this is happening, and I think the best way to start this off is how I usually do it, and have the guests introduce themselves and give a bit of background about what you do as an artist. Uh, my name is Leah Lagosi. I am a multidisciplinary artist and musician, making sound work at the moment under the name Gora. You say it with the tapped R, like that. I don't know. People say Gora. And it's like, that's fine. But if you want to say it properly, it's Gora. Gora. It's Polish. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Um, it means mountain. It was sort of chosen arbitrarily. Um, I wanted a moniker that sort of sounded like it could be a name, but it had a meaning relating to nature. So okay. that was what I picked. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of different things in terms of art. I've bounced around from like photo-based work to film like video and I don't know I'm never doing the same thing I'm always doing many different things so cool cool one well, I think that the, the first time I ever saw your name was photo related I think that, that seems to be sort of what you're uh I don't know if it's what you're known for entirely but I think you know within the local music scene and stuff uh you're probably best known as a photographer is that fair to say yeah I think so I think I did that the longest and was involved in the community in that sort of capacity for the longest time as sort of like a a visual artist okay. using a camera yeah so at that point when you were when you were sort of immersed in that were you already making music or was this something that, that came later well <laughs> i had i've been making music for a really really long time okay whether, whether you know i was like a teenager in like a terrible band which absolutely happened I had a few um, of those too, yeah. Even beyond oh teenager my God, age, so yeah, I, I get it, I get it. Oh, so bad. It's <laughs> like, um, so you know, messing around on my own and, and being in basement bands that never went in anywhere yeah. and things like that. And only over the last, I don't know, like two, three years have I been like really putting energy into it, so on my own at least. Okay. Is that... Was this like a, a pandemic project? Just just because that timeline sort of lines up with when everyone was, you know, 
the main jobs everyone had kind of weren't possible in a lot of cases. And I feel like a lot of people tried new things um, just because of the enforced sort of uh, time off from what they were doing before. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not, but I mean, in going back in time a little bit uh, to 2017, I made my first sort of demo, um, I guess, under what would become this project. Yep. Um, and in the pandemic, I picked it up, picked up the demo, re-recorded it, and was using it as sort of um, a soundscape for visual art, like to accompany visual art. So I always think of art as having like many different sort of dimensions. Like you can have a photograph, but you can also have a sound to accompany it. Sure. And so I was using that demo to accompany some visual work. And that's where that was at in like 2020. And then I kind of put it down and picked it up and put it down. And, you know, all the while I've been good friends with Brett Peronto. I don't know if you know Brett. Yeah, I have a few of his yeah. tapes, yeah. I don't know him personally, yeah. but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so Brett has been a champion of mine for a really long time. And I, I really value <laughs> his support and his opinion. And he was always kind of bugging me to make a tape. And we made something together. I think it was when did it come out 2022 okay so i su- i suppose it is sort of a pandemic thing it sort of evolved through the pandemic but it definitely wasn't because of it no that's a good answer um so <laughs> this is the question that no one no one likes answering and i hate asking it too but how do you define sort of the sound of what you're doing and especially with something like what you're doing it's it's, it's not as obvious as being like oh it's I, i'm in a country band or whatever right i mean this is very much more um kind of nebulous uh, as far as as far as what it actually is i do you have a sort of a short form way that you describe it? Uh, if people say, oh, I hear you have a tape out, like what, what what's on tape? Yeah, I'm sort of workshopping that right now because what I really want to say is like ambient Americana, okay. ambient country. The yeah. ambient country thing is kind of coming with like future releases, but... I'm reticent to like say that off the hop to people when they ask because I think there's like some like odd connotations with those genres. Yeah. And like how could they po- how could they possibly like intersect with an abstract or like ambient? But you know, the instrumentation in country music and in Americana music lends itself so well to abstraction. Sure. Specifically instruments such as the lap steel, which I play. And the pedal steel, which I desperately want to play, um, those instruments are like ripe for blowing up. So now when people ask, I say that, but then I try to like over explain it because it's like, and be a country, what could, <laughs> what could that possibly mean? So, yeah. Well, the, that's an interesting uh, combination, I think, because, um, you know, you were talking earlier about sort of having um, our art having these different facets and there's the, the visual part and then the soundtrack to it and then you know, country music and a lot of the instrumentation, especially like pedal steel and that kind of stuff, it definitely has a very cinematic kind of vibe to it. I mean, uh, especially when it's this sort of slow, long, drawn out um, sounds, it totally has that, like, you could see, you could see a movie happening with listening to that instrument, especially if it's if it's altered or, or edited or affects in some way. And country in general, too, is very, very storytelling style of music. And so, you know, even without the lyrics, I mean, lyrics obviously help, 
but even instrumental country music, the, the, it's very good at I think you know um, establishing a place and and, uh, and a narrative. And so it kind of makes sense that it would, uh, in a weird way, it would work with sort of more abstract ambient stuff. Absolutely. And it's funny, like the more I learn about this genre of music, because I, I came into making this music um, completely alone without even knowing anything like it existed. And I'm not saying that I, definitely not saying I invented anything, but I was doing my thing. And, you know, finally looked up like an ambient country question mark you know and when there was spotify or like google or something I yeah don't know where I was at. but it's like does this exist and boy howdy does it exist like it's amazing what people are doing with this genre of music and the way it defies so many different boundaries um there's a podcast called ambient country okay. just called that um by a member of the band Sus, and they are one of my now biggest inspirations. I only discovered them like I don't know six weeks ago. <laughs> right but on. this this podcast, I mean, for someone that makes a podcast about music, you would love it because yeah, I mean, really good check it out. Definitely, because he he will like. Sorry, I need to think about how to say this. He'll do an intro. And then it'll just be like music. He'll play a bunch of tracks that'll like interject with a fact or two and then keep playing music. And every episode sort of focuses either on a different instrument or, you know, these are artists that are using pedal steel in an interesting way, blah, blah, blah. It's so freaking cool. Yeah, did it sound, I'm going to look that up. I'm always looking for the new, new music podcast too. So that's, that's awesome.
what, is, what, what kind of goes into the composition of this, this stuff you're making? Because um, uh, again, it's not as as sort of direct as I mean, take like a just a standard country song for example. There's a very direct structure to it that I don't necessarily hear in what you're doing. There may be a structure that I'm not picking up on, but what is sort of the process of of, of writing and and composing and and then recording this stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I first started, you know, the very early stages of this music, I was working with a friend who is a producer because I wasn't self sufficient yet. I didn't have gear. I didn't have really much of anything. I had like big ideas. I had like gestures towards a possible music and he kind of showed me the way. Um, but, but since then I've, you know, invested and gotten instruments and acquired gear. And so my process has changed quite a bit from leaning on a pal yeah. for a lot of my college to like actually knowing what I'm doing. So it is possible. I was a total idiot before. <laughs> I, I I kind of know things now. Um, as far as my songwriting process, I guess now goes, it all kind of starts with a drone. And whether I create that, you know, using a synthesizer or lap steel or I don't know what else do I use, use guitar sometimes. Um, it starts with that. And I will often take that drone and cut it up and sample it because, I mean, I say drone as if it's like a flat piece of sound. You know, there's often still imperfections. Sure, yeah. And there's things that waver and, you know, I'm not a sound expert, but I'll take a piece of a drone that I like and I'll copy and paste it, copy and paste it, copy and paste it until I have, I don't know, like five minutes or so worth of drone. Okay. And then I kind of keep doing that. I'll like make maybe a higher drone and sample it and do that again. And to create melody, I'm often noodling like on lap steel, just, you know, playing whatever it may be within a scale. Okay. And sampling that. So it's a lot of sampling myself. Yeah. Yeah. Is this something, I mean, you may have already done this, but is this something that can be done live or is it something that's strictly yeah, yeah. a recording project? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. I played my first show with this music in December. Okay. And for that, it was, how was it? It was played with a controller. So I had a sampler. I had a tape cassette player yeah like, you know a little like walkman that was playing field recordings um what else did i have that was kind of it it was very minimal i was mostly triggering samples okay. and kind of messing with the the pedals that were connected to the cassette player so like that was one version of a live performance now with these two performances that i have coming up i have a performance on february 24th uh, for Space Docs at the oh, cool. Graffiti Gallery. Yeah, that'll be... That's a perfect setting for, for what you're doing, I think, that, that there's so many, like, just uh, kind of out-of-the-box creative ideas happening at those things. Yeah, and it's just, like, such a wide-open, giant space, and my work is so reverby and, and yeah. echoey. So, for these shows, and I've got another one at Handsome Daughter in March, but I'm actually going to play Lap Steel Live, which... <laughs> 
like makes me shit myself (laughs) (laughs) to think that I have to do that. Um, And so those performances will be a combination of what I had done before in December with a lot of triggering samples and playing lap steel. Okay. So. So the, are they, um, like, is the performance of a piece going to be fairly different uh, live than it is on the recording? Like, how, I guess, how how true to the recordings can you get? Or do you even want to do that? Like, is that is that even something you're going for? Yeah, that's a really good question. I wonder how other, like, noise or ambient artists approach that. Because, you know, <laughs> it's kind of really hard. Yeah, I bet, yeah. <laughs> to re- <laughs> that's what I'm yeah, asking, re- yeah. Recreate something, like... It'll never be the way it was when it was recorded, but I'm like reverse engineering basically a couple of songs that were on the tape to be playable live. Okay, I'm like going into the stems and like all of the bits and pieces of the recorded tracks and like, what the fuck was I playing? Like, and sort of figuring out how that sample could be played live. Okay, so I'm taking samples of myself and trying to learn the mission. <laughs> well, and I, I think it's part of the appeal too, right? I mean, people are going there knowing that it's not going to be something that they heard on Bandcamp or whatever. It's going it's going to be a performance that maybe resembles it, but but it's just like uh, necessarily going to be different because of the the setting. I mean, for example, the graffiti gallery, that reverb's going to affect what what the the whole piece sounds like and and so it's, it's kind of a cool um position to be in, I think, where because it's just you, you the, the, the music is malleable and it's not necessarily going to be what people expect for sure yeah it's it's actually been really fun figuring out how to play these songs live um the song on the tape or7 um that's kind of what <laughs> I would call a single okay, okay. <laughs> it's like it's like this featured track 
uh, in my mind off of that tape. Uh, and and being able to play some semblance of that live is <laughs> incredibly exciting. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm thrilled. Well, what 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 makes that one stand out to you as a single? Because I mean, it's 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 sort of a hard. Uh, there's not there's not necessarily a hook on any of these tracks. You know what I mean? So I mean, what are you what are you focusing on um, as the person who created it? As far as like you know, what makes that one stand out as the sort of the the, the track to 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 show people or that you want to highlight? Oh, that's such a sweet question because it makes me think of where the the beginnings of this tape, this this release started. Okay, and that was such a special time. I was it was in the summertime, August of twenty twenty three, so not very long ago. I was at a cabin around my birthday, and I just when I was messing around with music stuff, I always bring my gear when I leave the city. I never leave home without music gear i need to bring it out to the country it's a good plan yeah um yeah it's just the only place for me <laughs> to make product productive music um and or7 the beginnings of it anyway were were made there and i didn't really know what i was doing like i didn't really have a direction or like a real intent it just sort of happened when i was playing with these samples of coyotes yipping oh, cool. like that's what the the sort of like twinkly weird yipping <laughs> is yeah that track it's just it's just many 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 layers of a, of a family of coyotes cool screaming their heads off so playing with that and playing with some electronic instruments like I was mostly like MIDI stuff because I didn't have all my gear and yeah it was just the first song that I wrote for that release it was the impetus for the release cool um, and also. OR7, maybe this is a great spot to to start talking about wolves. Sure. Let's see. Let's see. Let's talk about wolves. <laughs> so we'll probably have to go backtrack a little bit, um, but about like why this is even a thing. But <laughs> OR7 was a real wolf uh, that lived in sort of like Northern California, Southwestern Oregon, sort of around that area for okay. a time in the in the mid aughts to I think like 2012 or so I don't know when he died but um he is a, a very important I won't say character but his life is is followed very closely in a book that is very important to this work and so that song was sort of like my ode to this weirdly legendary animal okay and yeah is very special to me. I think I think you know you said earlier that uh, you're you're definitely not the only person who is doing ambient country, but you may be the only person doing wolf inspired ambient country. Like I don't know, I don't know if that's a ah. subgenre that exists yet, but you may have just started with. I'm not sure. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, I think I think people have this really funny it when it comes to people who are really into animals, especially when it's like a canine animal, it's like foxes or wolves or dogs. Yeah. If you have like a a serious affinity for animals in that way, people think you're a furry (laughs) or like (laughs) think you're a furry or think like there's something weird about this. Like why is this such such a prevalent motif? (laughs) But it's, it's really not like that. What? 
I think um, it'd be wolves and, and foxes in particular because dogs, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, I have, I have a dog. A lot of people have dogs and they love their dogs and they're very into their dogs. But yeah, once you start getting to sort of the wild versions of that, I think people maybe are a little bit more hesitant to be, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It, I mean, I'm fine with like coming up against that because it's not really about me. It's not about my affinity for them. I think they're really cool animals, but yeah. it's not about like my specific um identification with this animal um i think it's really interesting the way that people can identify with animals and in fact that is a huge part of the work um but my my initial interest in wolves actually came from writing a script for a werewolf movie cool yeah and you know in beginning to write it i realized that i didn't know enough about wolves or about werewolves as you know they've been depicted throughout film history and you know werewolf lore and like all of the different ways that you can approach it so i just dove deep into researching you know the origins of certain myths folklores and then it got to you know contemporary relationships with animals and the history of the wolf Okay. And what an interesting history that is. I bet, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, I think that, that a lot of people, especially with something like the werewolf, as as a like pop culture sort of um, character, people don't really necessarily dig too far into the animal part of it. They, they go into like the, the you know they, they they go maybe to like the fifties and the forties, the the Lon Chaney uh, Wolfman movie, and that's that's about the <laughs> starting point, right? And there's obviously so not that I'm a werewolf expert myself at all, but there's obviously centuries and centuries of of, of lore and history and and everything behind those stories, and then there's also all of the kind of relationship humans have with wolves on top of all that Mm -hmm. yeah especially i mean my my research for this project you know what was the werewolf movie what will maybe one day be a werewolf movie but is right now this project um it's all about you know north american wolves and their history and the role that they played in colonization and the way that colonization shaped its history and how many parallels can be drawn between you know there's so much there that's a whole other podcast yeah like it's crazy (laughs) yeah the wolf the wolf to do a wolf episode or something we should start a wolf we should start a wolf podcast and just (laughs) those are probably out there i'm sure there's someone is is a wolf fan and yeah if people didn't think i was a furry before then (laughs) Well, if people want to hear this, uh, what's, I mean, I know you have this on tape and, um, it's got to be, uh, well, I assume a limited run of tapes, right? I mean, it's on that, that label seems to put out very short runs, um, of stuff in general. Yeah. So the first batch sold out, I just got a bunch, I got 20. So if anyone wants a tape, they can get in touch with me on Instagram or through Brett, but I think mostly me right now. Yeah. Okay. I will do that this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a message, but uh, where can people hear it otherwise? I mean, is it on? Is this the kind of thing that you have on all those streaming services that people usually use uh, for music, or is it strictly uh, physical and then you know Bandcamp or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on. It's on everything. It's on everything. It should be on Apple Music, Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. And then uh, as far as those shows you have coming up, um, you know, the good thing about this being a podcast is someone could hear it the day it comes out, and then those shows are imminent, or they could hear it you know a year from now, and by then you may have more more tapes out. You may have a whole bunch of shows happening. What's the best way to sort of keep in touch with what you're up to and find out about future uh, releases and shows and that kind of thing? Great question. Because right now, I mean, it's Instagram right now, but I feel like a a divestment from that platform is pretty imminent for me. I think I'm going to do it. I'm thinking I want to start a fucking newsletter. I'm over (laughs) Instagram. I think I want to do emails. I think those but work. for now it's Instagram. I think people actually respond well to emails because they're so not used to getting them anymore. It's been so long that, that social media has just taken over everything. So it's uh, that that might be the solution. I think so. Awesome. And then uh, do you want to just plug those those shows coming up? Uh, the Space Docs one and then you have one at the daughter you said? Yeah, I want to be able to say who I'm performing with. So I'm just going to open my phone sure. because I'm a terrible memory and I also am terrible at pronouncing things. Okay. So on... February 24th, I am doing a show at Graffiti Gallery uh, for the Space Docs series curated by Greg Hanick. Uh, I'm playing with DJ Conjo. Um, oh gosh, I can't say this person's name. Oh, I'm just going to say AD, Adiflamide. Yes. Oh yeah, di- 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 I, you know, I've had him on my show twice and I can't pronounce it either. So um, yeah, it's like okay, a diathylamide. Di- 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 I, I can't even spell it. It's it's his music is cool but I- <laughs> music is cool yeah, right yeah, on yeah. yeah and uh dj salinger which is great panic 
And on March 9th, I am playing at the Handsome Daughter with Pure Pulp, which is uh, Sam Sardi from Living Hours uh, Ambient Project. Oh, cool. And Hazel Fogg, which is a new ambient project from uh, Meth from Age of Self and uh, other various Like 30 other bands. bands. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> for for the Space Docs show, are you doing, uh, is there a visual element to that as well? Because one of those shows are, are, are kind of a multimedia sort of experience, right? Yeah, when I was presented with that as a possibility, I was like, okay, I got to really put something together because I don't know how often I'll have this uh, opportunity. So yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm hoping. I There is a lot of visual accompaniment to this work. So any opportunity I have to do that, I, I'm going to try and jump on it. Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. I, 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 it seems like, oh, as you've sort of been describing the whole time we've been talking, it has that 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 d- d- imagery that would work with it. And you, the fact that it was written with uh, a werewolf movie in mind and written with all of these visual elements in mind, it makes total sense that that would be a good place to uh, to showcase it. <laughs> For sure. 